You are listening to In Context, a Medhurst Ministries podcast. Welcome to uh, the In Context podcast. Uh, I'm the fat Carl Pilkington and this is Prince Harry. <laughs> good, good to be here. Yeah. Prince Harry, also known as Nathan Young, and fat Carl Pilkington, also known as Ian Williamson. So we are uh, the In Context podcast and we are from Medhurst Ministries, but who and what is Medhurst Ministries, Nathan? Yeah, it's a good question. So it's um, it's a ministry primarily of New Life Church Middlesbrough. Um, as a church, we really want to uh, reach the area that we're in here in Middlesbrough, which is uh, largely a deprived community. Um, and we're aware that lots of uh, areas like ours in Middlesbrough are very unreached by churches. Churches tend to be um, either in city centres or in uh, kind of more affluent areas in suburbs and so on on the edge of town. So, um, yeah, we're just aware of the need that there is, the massive need, not just in Middlesbrough, but across the north of England for um, for gospel-centred churches uh, in council estates, in um, old pit villages and mining towns. And, um, yeah, just such a need for churches to be planted. So, um, yeah, as a church, we're, we're focused on our area, but we also want to, we also want to do what we can to to meet the need in in other areas in the north of England. Yeah, so so some of that is, it will involve church planting. Uh, one of the things that I found when I first planted New Life Church Middlesbrough was a was a feeling of isolation. Was a feeling mm. that I was on my own. Even when I got a small team around us, it was still isolating for us as a church. Mm. And what we found was uh, twenty schemes took us under the wing even though we were in Scotland. 20 Schemes, for those of you who don't know, is a, a, a church plant and ministry of Nidri Community Church, which is has a aim of reaching 20 council estates or schemes in Scotland with gospel preaching churches, either through planting or revitalisation. And they, they took us on board, supported us financially, supported us personally, uh, invited us up there. We, we shared resources, we shared experience and basically, give me an idea to rip 20 schemes off. <laughs> if 20 schemes is working in Scotland, then maybe they could work in the north of England. So we are part of something called 20 Schemes Inspired, which means we are inspired uh, or ripped off 20 schemes. <laughs> and uh, we are working in partnership with them. And we want to provide the same support for churches that are already existing, either through supporting existing plants or other churches who need revitalising. Plus also we want to plant churches in some of these forgotten towns villages and uh, council estates so primarily that's what we're about we're about uh, supporting church plants resourcing church plants uh, producing more church plants and helping with <laughs> revitalization yeah so how, how do we uh, aim to do that who's involved with us already and how do we see uh, medhurst ministries growing yeah so we, we've already got four churches at the minute so there's obviously us from new life church middlesbrough uh, and then uh, we've got our friends at Hardwick Baptist Church in Stockton, which isn't too far from, from here. Uh, then Spen Valley Church, uh, which is in uh, Cleckheaton in West Yorkshire. And then a very new church in Leeds uh, called Hope Church Middleton. Uh, they literally just planted last September. Um, so we've actually got quite a range of churches in different stages, haven't we? So our church was... When did you plant our church? Seven or eight years ago? Yeah, 2013. 2013. So, so yeah, there's us who've been going for yeah over seven years now. And then, um, 
yeah, right through to, well, obviously Hardwick Baptist Church have been around a lot longer than, than that, but then, yeah, a church that have only been around for a matter of months as well. So, um, yeah, there's there's a bit of diversity in terms of church size, the age of the church, um, but also like the areas that, that we're working in. Are, there's a lot of similarities in some ways, but also like, some differences, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Hardwick Baptist Church was a church plant from about 50 years ago. Uh, why are they involved? Because they, they're quite well established. So if this is a church planting ministry, why is Matt Oliver and Hardwick Baptist Church involved with Meadows Ministries? Yeah. Apart from him wanting a hoodie and a beanie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's desperate for a hoodie, isn't he? Um, yeah, I think that there's lots of churches like Hardwick who are either on a council estate or they have a council estate on their like on their doorstep and they want to to do some evangelism they want to reach into that area but they're maybe unsure of how to do that um and yeah i mean i, I don't want to speak for, for hardwick but um yeah my understanding is that that most of the the people from that church might have been from that area initially at one time but don't live there now and so um i think yeah i think there's a, a desire to reach the people in the area but um i don't think there are many people from the church who live in the area um i think there's um a, a cultural disconnect i think between most of the members of the church and the people in the area and, and like i say i don't think that's just something that's unique to hardwick i think that's something that we see in lots of churches in the uk um yeah where and we we have people tell us all the time, don't we? Like, oh, I'm from a, a church in a in the city centre or a middle class church, but there's this council estate right here that we really want to reach into. What can we do to help them? Um, uh, yeah, so I think there's I think there's lots of churches in that situation who are maybe in a in a working class area, but don't necessarily have the resources or the or the tools um, to to really properly engage in the community. Um, so I think that's something that that hopefully Medhurst Ministries will be beneficial for them for and hopefully other churches as well. Um, yeah, hopefully it'll be a help to them as they you know, think about how can we engage with that community. I think that's one of the things that we've got, isn't it? Although we, uh, we don't have lots of money, so if there's any funders out there watching, uh, Johnny Marshall and people like that <laughs> send us your money because we do need money but what we're not in short supply of is experience uh, we've got indigenous workers uh, we have got uh, experience uh, through 20 schemes working alongside them we have people who've been doing it like you say uh, the last 10 years working on council estates and we're producing resources now as is this podcast in contest is one of the resources that we're producing uh, specifically for uh, Christians who are living on the council estates uh, for them to listen to how can we apply God's word to our particular context but that's our primary aim to provide uh, a resource for Christians living in these forgotten towns villages and council estates but also we want to support workers who are living and working on these council estates gospel workers church planters uh, and pastors and female gospel workers so we're going to have a, a good mix uh, we're going to have a mix from uh, listening to uh, pastors wives and female gospel workers we're going to have experienced pastors we're going to have christians who are who have been brought up and who are living on council estates we're going to have the children of pastors and gospel workers as well that will be interesting 
Uh, we're trying to do this live, unedited, but maybe with some of the people we have on, we might have to do some editing <laughs> so we can keep the parental guidance off our back. But, uh, yeah, so this is what we're hoping to do. We're hoping to provide uh, resources specifically for Christians living on council estates. That's our primary aim. Our secondary aim is to provide resources for, for gospel workers on council estates. And if anybody else who is interested in our ministry would like to get involved in uh, working in hard places uh, for the gospel, then hopefully this will give people a bit of a flavour of what to expect, some of the joys and some of the highs and some of the lows and some of the tears. I'll also be giving practical advice like partnerships. So uh, we have a number of partnerships, don't we, both in the yeah. US, in Scotland. We didn't have many in England up until recently. So do you want to give us a bit of a flavour of some of the, the partnerships that we've got at Medhurst Ministries? Yeah, so, um, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, the US, first of all, didn't you? So um, we've, we've benefited from having, uh, so far, just one American intern join us. Um, so I think that's that's a big part of it, isn't it? Is like you said, we don't just want people to send us their money, although we do want that. We also we <laughs> yeah, also want we want your money. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're looking for for genuine partnerships. So we need people to join us on the ground. So um, we need people long term, but we also benefit from having short term people. By short term, I'm talking you know a year or two years. Um, so. Yeah, the, the fact that we've been able to do that, we've got um, all the the visa license and, and everything that's required to, to have uh, American interns join us. So, um, yeah, we had that last year. Obviously, now that's that's not happening with, with COVID, but at some point we'll be able to have uh, Americans come, uh, not just to our church, but, um, yeah, that's something that, that we can offer to other churches through, through Medhurst Ministries. Um yeah, is to have people come and join us. And also uh, to be able to do vision trips as well. Um, so that's for that would be for people from overseas, but also to offer that for people um, from the UK. Because I think I think people kind of need to people kind of need to see it to understand what we're doing, don't they? Um, and it's it's really actually hugely beneficial for us when we've had people we, even just having people turn up on a Sunday and be with us for Sunday service is actually really encouraging for us because we're, we're actually still a, a, a tiny church. So when we have, you know, a couple of people show up, so um, how long have we been partnered with uh, Bansted Community Church now? That was the start of last year, wasn't it? Start yeah, of 2019, yeah. that kind of started. I, I guess it took a few months before it kind of developed, but um, that's been... That that's been a big thing for us. Um, so again, they've they've supported us financially, but then what a lot of their members have done is rather than going on holiday to Cornwall, they've gone on holiday to somewhere in the northeast, um, and then you know on the Sunday they've driven to our church to be with us on the Sunday and been able to. I mean, it's only one day, but you can get a bit of a flavour for what's going on, and um, it just adds to that partnership, doesn't it? And and we've both been down there and. Um, we've been able to preach at their church and we've sent people down there as well to help with the, the kids club, the holiday club and, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a two-way, a two-way partnership, isn't it, that, that we're looking for. It's not just, it's not just a case of send us your money, send us your people, send us your prayers, yeah. but also, you know, we're looking to, to build, to base it on relationships, aren't we? Yeah.
I think that's the, the underlying thing to any partnership. Yeah, definitely. Again, I think the favourite analogy I like to use is I like to talk in fitness pictures, but I used to speak about my dad would send me a cheque at Christmas that didn't make him a father, mm. but I'd spend the money. What I needed was a dad at Christmas. It was a relationship that I needed. And a mm. partnership, a gospel partnership involves two churches serving one another, blessing one another. It's not about one church giving another church receiving. We want to have a genuine uh, partnerships, fruitful partnerships that bless both congregations and, and the leadership of the church. So that's why it's been great with Banstead. Uh, we, we've had uh, Dan and his family come up and stay with us. We've been to stay with them. They've preached at our church. Me and you have preached at, at his church. We've had uh, different members visit one another uh, and, and blessing one another. That's the same we've got with 20 Schemes. That's what we've got with First Presbyterian Church in, in the US. And that's what we're wanting to develop, not just for New Life Church, but the other churches and involved in Medhurst Ministries. And that is some of the biggest things we have with the, with the lads who are part of Medhurst Ministries, is their feeling of isolation, again, like what we felt a few years ago, they feel on their own. And we want to invite people up for these vision trips so they can go and um, not just visit New Life Church, but the other churches in the region that are part of us. And hopefully we can build similar partnerships between these churches that we already have so it's kind of just copying a framework that we learned mm. from 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 mez up in 20 schemes and developing it again uh, i think resources is, is 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 a big thing and i think we can help this podcast might help these churches down south who uh, are trying to reach council estates as well they might not mm. be on a council estate but they're trying to reach one hopefully uh, we'll be of some help in that area as well so we're talking about Medhurst Ministries, we're talking about what we're doing, but what about the name Medhurst? People ask me uh, why, why have we called it Medhurst, what is what is the link, why did we call it Medhurst? Uh, yeah, so it's named after uh, a guy called Thomas Medhurst, yeah. um, who is best known for being Charles Spurgeon's first ever student. Mm -hmm. um, so he was uh, a working class man um, who was from uh, quite a rough part of London initially, lived in... Um, Bermondsey and, and Rotherhithe in the in the Victorian times, which was in the South Bank of the Thames and, and a really uh, industrial, uh, kind of, yeah, rough place to, to live. Um, and so he was a, an apprentice rope maker. Uh, he heard the gospel preached by Spurgeon, uh, became a became a believer, and uh, immediately he started preaching the gospel uh, in some of the poor communities that he was uh, that he was from. Uh, so the first place he went to uh, was uh, Billingsgate Market, which is the big fish market uh, in London, um, and started preaching the gospel to people. And uh, unfortunately, some of the people, some of the members of the church uh, were actually like outraged by what was going on. Um, I think for a number of reasons, partly because of where he was preaching, the people that he was preaching to, but also um, the, the way in which he was preaching. Um, and I think some of what he said was, was wrong. He was a new Christian, do you know what I mean? He, he, he made mistakes. He probably didn't have all of his theology together at that point, um, which, which is understandable. Um, but yeah, there, there were complaints made about, uh, I think, about his style as much as his content. And uh, so some of these members went to Spurgeon and said, look, this is going on. You need to put a stop to it. And uh, Spurgeon met with Medhurst to... Um, to talk about it and Medhurst said uh, I'm, I must preach 
and I'm, I'm going to preach unless you chop my head off. <laughs> and so Spurgeon went back to the, the members of the church and said, oh, well, I can't exactly chop his head off, so he's going he's gonna to go on preaching. So we'd better train him up. We'd better um, put something in place. Um, and so they arranged for him to, to move in uh, with a Christian family. Um, so he'd live with this Christian family. He would learn from them. He'd get the education that he was lacking. Um, Spurgeon raised the money, paid for most of it himself. Um, and yeah, so, so they trained him up over a couple of years. Uh, and that training ended up becoming what would be the, the pastor's college, uh, what's now Spurgeon's College in London. Um, so it all, yeah, that, that whole college started with one person, but in the space of 10 years, it had grown to 100 people, uh, which is phenomenal growth, really. Um, but it all started with this, this one man who, as far as most of the people in the church were concerned, a man who shouldn't be preaching, who shouldn't be involved in, in ministry, um, but actually given the, given the opportunities, um, he, he was able to, um, yeah, he, he, he had a, a gift for it mm. and just needed to be trained. Um, and then over the course of his lifetime, I'm trying to think whether it was either, it's either over 900 or over a thousand people were, were baptized through his ministry as a result. Um, so you, that, that's the story, you know, when, when Spurgeon decided to train him. Um, but what would it what would it have been like if, if he hadn't? Um, you know what I mean? He would have uh, gone on in the church being frustrated with the situation, wouldn't he? And maybe he would have been preaching. Maybe he would have given up. Um, who knows? Yeah, and that, and that was kind of, that excited me because that is something that we've been trying to do here in Middlesbrough Train. Uh, preachers. When I wanted training, I had to travel for it. There was, uh, I couldn't afford it. There were certain colleges that I couldn't get get into because I didn't mm. have the qualifications. And I kind of felt like uh, Thomas Medhurst and that. And instead of people seeing the gift in me that they wanted to help mm. grow, that they saw the, the, the negatives that I had and wanted to, to stop it or they weren't willing to actually help it. So although they weren't opposing me so much, they weren't really helping me to develop it. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that was one of my frustrations. Uh, Desperate to learn theology, desperate to be trained, but unable to find somewhere that could go. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to interview a guy called Martin Woodier. He was somebody who, who helped me in one of the training courses uh, in the Yorkshire School of Christian Ministry. I don't think that's running anymore, but he was a, a good help to me. Uh, but I had to travel to places like London. I went to London to train, which was like a day a week, which was a mass worthwhile. And planting a church to travel to London and then come back was a big obstacle to the ministry. And then I was travelling up to Edinburgh for a couple of years to train there as well. So, yeah, I found it difficult. So what we'd like to do, hopefully uh, in 2022 at the latest, we can start the Ragged School of Theology, which is a 20 schemes uh, theology training school for gospel workers and interns up in Midry in Edinburgh. So we're hopefully going to be running that from Middlesbrough, which is the hub for uh, Medhurst Ministries. And we'll be able to offer good, robust theological training for gospel workers, whether you're working class, middle class, educated mm. or uneducated. It'll be in, in context training for uh, gospel workers in the north of England. Yeah, so that's excited me. Thomas Medhurst, the story of Thomas Medhurst, excited me. That's why we called it. It's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> it doesn't make easy for uh, Google searches or for website <laughs> names, but uh, that story is something that has inspired me and I hope will inspire other people. Uh, 
to get behind the work that we're doing here in the north of England, in particular in America, who loves Spurgeon. Don't <laughs> So hopefully it might not be might not roll off the tongue, but it might encourage some people to support our work. Awesome. So uh, any anything else you'd like to add about Medus Ministries, Nathan? Because if this is a, a, a ministry for reaching northerners, in particularly reaching people who are in the forgotten towns and villages, which are predominantly working class, what brings a posh bag like you from Cheltenham? Because uh, apparently I hate southern <laughs> middle class Christians, don't I? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you do. Um, yeah, so I, I hope that um, Medhurst Ministries will be helpful for for people like me who've yeah not grown up in Middlesbrough. So I'm originally uh, from Cheltenham. That's where I grew up. Um, very different uh, culturally. Very kind of middle class affluent area. Um, and so hopefully, um, yeah, some of the, the experience that I've gained and, and others working in our context will be helpful um, in helping people to see that actually you can do cross-cultural ministry into a, a council estate. Yes, there are a lot of differences. Um, there are um, there are some cultural barriers, but that doesn't mean they can't be overcome. And actually, um, yeah, so I, I want to stress that you can do cross-cultural ministry, but also that you should do cross-cultural ministry, that we do actually need... Um, we do need more cultural outsiders to, to come in, um, whether that is, you know, short-term uh, interns from the States or whether it's um, people from, you know, posh places down south, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, we, we do need uh, extra people because, yeah, we, we live in, you know, Middlesbrough and, and other parts of the north are so so unchurched there's so few christians about that that we need um extra bodies in to 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 do the work um, the, the harvest is is massive but the workers are, are practically practically non-existent um so yeah that's that's kind of what we're yeah that's what we're looking for is we're looking for a yeah i think churches need to be diverse don't they and so you're always looking to get that kind of diversity. You don't just want people from one particular cultural background. Um, you want, yeah, you, you really want a mix of people. Because about two years ago, I was promoting the work that we were doing with Church in Our Places and, and, and reaching our places. And a lot of people were, were not hearing what I was saying. I was saying mm. we need to listen to the working class. We need to... Yeah. Uh, serve the working class we need to learn from the working class and what people heard me say from that was uh, middle class people aren't wanted uh, <laughs> people from the south aren't wanted that isn't what I was saying what I was yeah. saying was come to the north of England and learn from us and, and help us because mm. there's a lot of good work already being done here come and help within that work uh, and also what we're saying is if you want to plant a church uh, don't just think about planting in uh, 30 miles away from where you live or even in the same vicinity where you live why don't you consider moving up north and planting alongside us at new life church and now in at methodist ministries mm. i mean that would be ideal if churches are looking to plant why not think a bit bigger instead of wanting to plant down south and where there's lots of churches why don't they think about sending some of their people up north to come and work in partnership with us to see these forgotten towns villages and council states risk for uh, reach for jesus mm. yeah i think there's there's a lot isn't there that People can think you're 
people can think what you're saying <laughs> when you when you've not said that at all. So, yeah. you know, what were you saying about running a the ragged school of theology for people like us? It's not saying that isn't having a, a swipe at other, you know, training institutions or courses or whatever. Yeah. But it's saying that we need something in addition to those things yeah. for our context. Um, and you can say we need to we need to teach and train local people, mm. and we also need <laughs> to bring in outsiders. You can you can you can have both, and actually, I think you need both. Yeah. Um, you need to be trying to trying to train people from your local area. Mm. So we need for us, you know, people from Middlesbrough, people from the estates around us. But then also, we need to have other people come in as well. Um, and yeah, I think that's I think that's beneficial. I think that's healthy um, for churches to operate that way. Yeah, no, definitely. That's definitely what we're after. And again, with with this podcast, this is one of many things that we we'll want to do resource wise. Uh, other resources we're thinking about doing is uh, the Medhurst Thomas Medhurst book, a book on Thomas Medhurst. That's C- coming out twenty thirty. <laughs> That was one of your uh, lockdown plans, wasn't it? I was planning to lose three stone. I'm hoping this lockdown goes on for another two years so I can get it finished. <laughs> but uh, no, we, seriously though, we are looking to, to, to produce resources, uh, practical resources that, that can help people. That's why we, we're doing this podcast. We want to encourage people, not just to the north of England, but to reach these forgotten towns and villages throughout the United Kingdom. We also want to share that the north of England isn't just about negative statistics, although we are the highest of uh, the negative statistics for unemployment, for crime, for for poverty. Uh, We want to share that statistics don't tell the full Mm. story, that the north of England is a place that is beautiful. It's got rich countryside. It's got uh, beautiful coastline, hasn't it? It's got a lot of heritage. It's a good place to live and work. It does have problems, but the biggest problem isn't crime. The biggest problem isn't poverty. The biggest problem is lack of churches yeah. and lack of Christians. And what we want to do is see people that uh, this area uh, greatest needs isn't financial. It isn't free school dinners. It isn't uh, jobs. It is salvation. And we need people to come here and work and live and join our churches and share the gospel with, with their neighbours. So, yeah, we'd like to encourage people through this podcast to even consider coming and moving up north, not just to Middlesbrough, but across the whole of uh, the northwest, the northeast, and Yorkshire. So, long term, what's our visions for the long term, then, Nathan? Well, hopefully, um, hopefully to see lots of churches planted and revitalised across the north of England, um, particularly in places where there currently aren't churches or, or where churches are struggling. Um, and hopefully, we'll see a lot more people from the areas that we're looking to reach being um, being trained up for, for gospel ministry whether that's um, you know whether that's alongside you know the, uh, their regular working life or whether it's full-time Christian ministry we want to see people trained up from the from these areas that we're looking to reach aren't we yeah. um, hopefully we'll you know we'll have people from Middlesbrough who will not only be saved but will also uh, if they show uh, gifting, then we'll be able to train them up and see them be future pastors or church planters. Mm. Um, that's the the long the long term vision. Um, 
I shouldn't necessarily expect to see that anytime soon, but you know, we should be thinking long-term, shouldn't we? Um, that we want to see people from Middlesbrough, from Leeds, from Stockton, from Cleckheaton. Um, we want to identify future church leaders, see them trained up, and, and they'll go on and, and do the work uh, as well, and we'll see it expand further and further. Uh, so all of, yeah, all of these things hopefully will be um, what will just escalate and we'll see more people, um, like I say, from the areas being trained up and going out. We'll also see more people coming in from, from outside to, to get stuck in with the work. We'll see more partnerships, like some of the ones that we've been able to establish. And hopefully, I, I think, yeah, what, what I really want to see outside of, outside of obviously more churches being planted is um, is just that something you, you alluded to earlier that hopefully if we can provide or if we can provide resor- resources if we can um, put churches in contact with one another um, if we can provide the, the support if we can um, help partnerships to develop then hopefully it just takes some of the, the pressure off people who are planting doesn't it um, like you said there's a lot of positives to to the work that we're involved in but there's also a lot of negatives yeah. and pl- listen planting a church in any place is difficult isn't it yeah. but I think it it has its own particular challenges um, in some of the communities that we're talking about and anything that we can do to kind of to make thing to make life easier for people yeah. that, that can only be a good thing can't it and again, which is why I think our relationship with, with 20 schemes and Church in Our Places is, is foundational to what we're doing. And a lot of people have said to me, why do you think Medhurst Ministries can work? Uh, how, how can we do it? Uh, what support have you got? What funding have you got? And, and at the moment, we've just got a vision. Two years ago before the... We've got a microphone now <laughs> as well. Yeah, we've got a microphone and some lights. <laughs> I've just bought a, a, a camera. Uh, yeah, well, I, I had a vision a couple of years ago, a, a dream. A, a scam some people might call it before I spoke at a conference I thought we need an idea what can we do how can we set it up so it was a quick rushed uh, thought of a, of, of a 20 schemes rip off for the north of England it's a dream I've had since I've been up to Scotland and saw 20 schemes and people are saying well how can you make it happen and me personally I can't make it happen it doesn't matter who's in our church or who's in our team we personally cannot make it happen if this is going to grow, God has to grow it. And we believe that the heart we have for reaching the forgotten towns, villages and council estates is the same heart that God has for reaching these people. Uh, 20 schemes started, I think, with 500 quid. And now it's like a massive ministry reaching uh, people, not just in Scotland, but through the work of Mez and Matthew Spangler Davidson across the world with church and hard places. And if we've got the support from them, then I can't see why with... Uh, through prayer, uh, through the support we've got with 20 Schemes and through the support of anyone who's listening who wants to become part of Medhurst Ministries that we can accomplish uh, the vision that we have for reaching the north of England. Uh, and we're going to have Mace McConnell on in a couple of weeks. Hopefully he's going to share about whether he thinks Medhurst Ministries will be able to uh, emulate the work of 20 Schemes in Scotland down here in the north of England. We're going to get Dan Green on. He's going to share about the partnership that New Life Church has with Banstead Community Church. Hopefully we'll have Aaron Carr on. Uh, he will come on and share about the relationship uh, across the Atlantic 
and how we can develop relationships with the US. So there's going to be some good practical advice from uh, gospel workers who's partnered with us. And then we're going to, like I say, we're going to have some uh, people who are living and working and worshipping in these hard places, sharing about how God has helped them uh, apply his word to their particular situation. So uh, look out, we'll have some interesting <laughs> People to interview, we'll have some less interesting people <laughs> <laughs> talking most weeks with just me and you. Don't, don't be don't don't be mean about Matt Oliver. He's, he's not that boring. <laughs> I was thinking more about the misery known as Graham. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll hear again that it'll be nice for us up north to hear this uh, the northern accent. It might not be so nice for you down south. You might need interpreters. That's why we've got Nathan on, so he can break. Uh, dilutes with this northernness but hopefully this will be a podcast that people will benefit from whether you're from up north down mm-hmm. south or whether you are middle class or working class but uh, thanks for listening if you've managed to make it through the end praise the lord uh, if not then uh, you won't either so it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> brilliant until next time we'll see you later